On this episode of What's Up Award, we interview Mr. Tony Eldon. He visited us in season one of the What's Up Award podcast, so we had to have him back this year. Last year, he made a run for Congress, and I was really surprised that a person at his age was had such high ambitions, and unfortunately, he didn't make that, but he hasn't given up on his goals and dreams. He's also an educator in the school system of Florida, making a great impact on the young people there. For him to be so young, I'm very impressed with his mind, his ability to get things done, and his drive. Listen to this interview, and I think you'll be impressed, too. Thanks. So again, you're listening to What's Up Award. My name is Wardy Ward, and to the left of me, I have my main one, my day one, Mr. Trey. How's it going, brother? What's going on, Wardy Ward? It's all good in the neighborhood. Let's go ahead and get started with it today. We have a return guest on the show who blessed us with his presence before. His name is Mr. Tony Eldon. He's an actual progressive Democrat as well as an educator in the school system of Florida. How are you doing, Tony? Good, my friend. That's too too much praise. (laughs) (laughs) Never enough for you. Never. What'd you say? Checks in the mail. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, buddy, I'm trying to stay humble. Y'all here talking to me. <laughs> yeah, man, we wanted, we wanted to bring you back on the show because last time we had spoke, you were making a run for the Senate. And we want to talk about that experience and what are some of your takeaways and uh, what you're up to now. So give us some, some background on where we are on that. Oh, for sure. For sure. So sadly, I did not win my run for Senate, but... But when you take everything in consideration, I, I mean, I outperformed what everyone thought, right? So we did the polling before I even started. I okay. was only supposed oh. to get 22% of the vote, right? Wow. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, I live in the good old South, okay? Mm-hmm. The good yeah. old yes, South. Sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I live in the parts of Florida where they fight the Gators, all right? Let me tell you so. Yeah. Let me yeah. preface with that. I live in Trump country. Let me just start with uh, that. There's a lot of two-legged gators out there. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> but Man. I was able to bring my what was supposed to be 22% all the way up to 40%. Wow. I got 40% wow. of the vote. I had $25,000. Keep in mind, I was only in the race for two months because I got in late. Only in the race for two months. I had $25,000 my opponent had half a million. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that would be a challenge. I definitely can see that. Yes. No one was even supposed to know my name, but I... Isn't that something? Yeah. Look at you. That was a big splash right there for you for, for two months. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and huge. You, and your name is definitely out there. So are, are you planning on making a run again, or was that a one and done for you? No. So it's funny. I actually always wanted to be in politics, kind of, right? So... Back in the day, I wanted to be the first black president. Mm. That was my dream. I could, there was nothing anyone could tell me I was going to do it. Yes. And then Barack Obama came. <laughs> Thanks, Barack. <laughs> right. Man, womp, womp, womp. Womp, womp, womp. Tony, what you win? He gets- <laughs> yeah, man. I, I ended up getting a participation medal out of that one. He done took the gold. Right. Man. I was so mad. I let me tell you, uh, black folk everywhere that I went was, oh, we got a black guy. Whoa! I was like, I don't like that guy. <laughs> I was so mad. Man, you're supposed to be me. Yeah, man. I was livid. Oh, it took me a minute to 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 cheer up to him. It took mm-hmm. me a good minute. 
Yeah. That, that, that is good that you did have that experience. I know it had to be overwhelming. Was it anything you, you were surprised about, about the whole process or were you well, well prepped for everything that, that came your way? So, no, nah, I mean, I, I was surprised at how fast it went. You know, that was just, it was like every day was just like the same day until the election day. Um, but one of the things that surprised me the most was, you know, like I knew my part of Florida was racist. I knew that, but you know, everybody kind of kept it on the down low mm-hmm. until I started running. And then I got called the N word left, right, up, down. I mean, I got told to go back to my country. I wow. Like, oh, oh, man, they were doing it like that. What? Yeah. what? I, was, I was like, who? What is this? Man. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. what did y'all crawl out of? Uh-huh. I, was, I was so shocked. Yeah, that's, that's a that. different kind of the sunshine state down at when that came out, huh? Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And that takes a bit of a. I don't know, self-discipline to, to not react in a, a typical way when you're being called those names. So, Oh, yeah. It sure did. I'm not going to lie. Because every time they said it, I was like, but what's up? <laughs> <laughs> right. Come on off that keyboard. <laughs> right. Come Here on off your neck. Come around from the monitor. Yeah. Like, well, find yourself clicking your right. fist like, oh, okay. All right. Damn. I understand. I understand. I like, you, could, you could talk all day, but you ain't going to say it in my face. Right. That's all I Yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Trey, with your question. Well, you know, here, let me ask you this question. So then after everything is said and done and you saw the results there, but we know we also have this continual change in, in, in the country and we still don't have the final results from census and how everything is going to kind of play out where the demographics are. You know, do you see any potential realignment from those congressional districts based off the, Senate, the census that you may have noticed down there? Or what are you seeing down uh, there in Florida? At all? So... I think so. There's, there's actually this phenomenon that we got going on uh-huh. right now in like the black political sphere. Uh-huh. Um, we call it the Black Belt South, right? Mm. So it goes from like Charleston, North Carolina, all the way down to like Austin, Texas. And it just loops from uh, North Carolina down to Florida into Austin. Okay. Um, and it's called the Black Belt South. What it is is like this, I don't want to say awakening per se. Mm-hmm. But it's just more unification, I think, is a better word to put it, right? Because, for example, and, and I'll give you the, the, probably the best example that you need. So the Black Belt South, I'm going to give you the best example I can of how powerful the Black Belt South is, is and can be for the future, right? Georgia. Mm-hmm. That's all I need mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all I need the, to say. the long right. and the short of it right yep, there right there that tells you exactly <laughs> what it is what it's turning out to be I mean think about it we had Jamie Harrison a black man go against good old slave owner uh, what's that man name uh, Lindsey Graham mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. so man, and, and he I mean the money that Jamie Harrison was raising Oh, like, come on now. You, that, that should not have happened in South Carolina. Right, yeah. Man. Yeah, the first state to secede. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> the first one out. <laughs> Before Mississippi. <laughs> I know that's right. So so, so you said you are going to run again for, for something, Tony, or are you going to? Yeah, I'm actually mounting up my bid right now. I'm, uh, I'm going to run for Congress this time. Okay. Yeah, I, I okay. dipped my toes in the water, and now I can't get out the pool. So, <laughs> now you ready to go for it? Yeah. Okay. Good. Now I'm good. gonna run so. for Congress. I mean, you know, it's 
excuse the shameless plug, TonyForFlorida.com. Y'all should go there. Yeah. That <laughs> excuse that shameless plug for me, please. He said, one more time for the people in the back. Uh, TonyForFlorida.com. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Okay. okay. Uh, something else I want to ask you, too, speaking of those lines. Um, I purchased your book. And oh, uh, I mean, the last time thank we you. talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was called 50 Inspiring Black Stories That Aren't Taught in School. Yes, sir. Can you tell me again how you came up with that idea and how did you get this published? I believe you're, on, you're strictly on Amazon, right? Yeah, I'm actually going to republish it, though, on my own terms um, because Amazon's taking too big of a cut for me. Oh. Um, but so how I went about it, I actually didn't know anything about publishing a book until I Googled, you know, how can you publish a book? And mm -hmm. the first thing that came up was the Amazon uh author program or, or partnership program or whatever it was where you know you'd, you'd write your book then you'd submit it to them they'll take a modest cut and that's it it's just self-published you promote it on your own and i already had the platform to promote it on my own so i didn't need any pro promoters or anything like that so that's okay. the route i chose to go um and i mean it was number one for a little yeah. number one for about two to three months actually Wow. Nice. With just yourself promoting it. Just myself. Hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so um how are you gonna re-promote it this time? What what uh what platform are you using this time? I'm gonna use another platform. They take a much, much less cut. <laughs> um, so and and I don't have to compete with any of the books because what happens is on Amazon when my book comes up. You know, it says like other titles or suggestions yeah. of other books. So like there's competition for that space, even when you just pull up my book. But mm -hmm. on this other platform we use, I'm gonna use Gumroad, um, which is another like self-publishing type platform. Mm -hmm. Basically any digital product. Um mm -hmm. and I'm gonna use that where there there is no suggestion. This book is just hey, it's it's only him. He's he's the guy. He's buy this one. Yeah. Um and they yeah. take a much less cut. And that's gun roads, you said? Gum road, like gum, like chewing gum, and then road, okay. like like driving. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Make sure people know that. Make sure they look for it there. Gum road. Got it. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Now, when, when you wrote that book, how long did it take you to do it? Because I know people have been writing books for years and never get it done. And you seem like your, your book seems to be thorough and complete. So how did you do um, it that quick? Well, actually, I had actually never even intended to write a book. Uh, hmm. I just kept making, um, you, oh, I know, I think you followed me for a long time now, actually, on my uh, Black Thought account. Um, I just kept creating or writing the stories up and sharing them. That's just all I was doing for the nice. longest time. Mm -hmm. And then someone was like, hey, why don't you write a book? And I thought, well, dang, why don't I write a book? Yeah, well, <laughs> do this. Yeah. I had already had all the stories together. So I just, I think I had, at that time, I had already put out like 100 different Black history stories. So then mm -hmm. I just took out the top 50 or the most 50 that I liked. And I redid them. I made them more formatted for a book through, and got an illustrator, paid the illustrator to, to draw up some pictures. And I put it together, published it. Wow. wow, you make it seem easy. I know it wasn't that easy, but you make it sound easy. <laughs> it wasn't that easy, trust and believe. A lot of research <laughs> went into each and every story, but since uh -huh. I had already put in the work, there wasn't much left for me to do other than all the formatting, paying the illustrator, mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. But, I mean, okay. if you want to take in every piece of that puzzle, it probably took me 
about eight to nine months. You want to take in wow. just that wow. piece that I did where I was like, okay, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to sell this book. That probably took about a month and a half. Wow. Now, now that Tony, was, that's, that's quick. Man, that's, that's, that's amazing because it's almost like, you no, know, war. you start thinking about it, he's like, when it was cooked, you look in the kitchen, man, there is nothing to eat. You go around looking mm-hmm. at all these shelves, and they say, and then Tony walks into the kitchen, let's take a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, come out, <laughs> and boom, there's a book. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just kind of throwing, I'm just kind of throwing, like, man, this, this dude actually just did this, and it came out tasting good. So it's like, <laughs> You know, when you were doing your 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 research and you're going back and looking at all the the the, the formatting for the for the individual stories for that make up those those uh, the book itself, how did you go through your process of actually you know vetting from credible sources to make sure everything was accurate when you went into the book itself? What was your what was your academic process? I know you're an educator about the educate yeah. about the whole vetting process and sure <laughs> is credible sources. I won't even go down that path. So how how'd you do that? So, I mean, well, I mean, you know, like you said, I'm a teacher, right? Every teacher mm-hmm. is always going to tell you whenever you write an essay, credit your sources, better check your sources, check your sources. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. All the time. All the time. Uh-huh. That's essentially, since I had already had that expertise, uh, all I did was make sure that I had a multitude of sources for each story, right? So each and every story in my book, there's three sources that I use and cross-reference to verify that this happened, this existed. And in some cases you would find like uh, crazy like proof, right? Proof that this happened, this, ex- this person existed, but it's not in the form of, a, of, of an essay. So for example, Paul Cuffey, um, he's one of, the, my, one of my favorite black history stories. I found out his story and then I cross-referenced it with another story. And then my third cross-reference wasn't another um, essay on him or a book on him. It was a... Um, a school named after him. Mm-hmm. And in that school, it had his bio. So, you know, it, it didn't just come from like essays or whatever. A lot of cases it came from statues, monuments, schools, and things like that. In addition to those essays, books, and other, and other places you can find stories on these people. Hmm. Okay. Nice. That's interesting. Well, well before we move on, I want to ask you, how'd you come up with the, uh, for the black thought, how'd you come up with that um, idea for your Instagram name? What's behind that? Um, I didn't know that black thought was a rapper. Let me just say that. First and foremost, <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Got some competition. Uh, and then I, like when I first put in the name, I was like, who's going to take black thought like that? Who's the whole thought of that? Yeah. And then I, I, then I Googled them and I was like, Oh, this guy actually has some good music. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I, I came up with black thought. I can't even remember, actually. I, I, I just think that I, I knew what I wanted in terms of Black history and stuff like that. I knew what I mm-hmm. wanted. And I mm-hmm. knew I wanted to speak about other things that affect the Black community, such as a lot of social issues. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and these are things that I constantly, constantly thought about, hence thought. Mm-hmm. And they were issues and content that affected the black community, black mm-hmm. folk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see how you did that. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I said, <laughs> go ahead. Trey. So you know, with that thought about you know thinking about the black thought and and many times I think about education and how that affects the black community. We always hear that term digital divide, right? So at some point when 
education for a lot of the school systems went remote and that distance learning came into play because of COVID-19 and some of the uh, some of the black community may not have as much access to those type of resources. Yeah. You know, what what have you done or what do you see is actually a way to incorporate these these stories into the education process or any thoughts on how how you can actually incorporate some more of that black thought into the the at the the public education system there in Florida locally or or your thoughts on how that will be implemented on a statewide scale? Yeah, uh, that's a really Oh man, that's an intense question. Just because, like, as oh, a yes. politician, I know there are like thirty-seven thousand levels you'd have to go through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, and that's yes. the reason wanted to go through the public school system because getting this kind of education, or really any education that you know the good old boys of the of of, of Florida want or wouldn't want in Florida schools, that's going to be tough, regardless, no matter who you go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now. That being said, <laughs> I two years ago in 2019, summer 2019, before all the pandemic and whatnot, what I would do is I would go around to a bunch of the different schools in and in or around my local uh, area, and I would have these speaking things, speaking engagements or whatever, where I would myself tell the kids about these stories, um, which I think isn't how we get it into public schools, but it is how we get it into those kids that go to those public schools. Um, mm-hmm. or at least how I did it. Now, to have this certified in the public school system, I think the best and easiest way that we can do that is to have Black history um, officially become an elective for the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Because that way, every school has to offer it if there's enough students that would like to, t- uh, to be in that class. Um, right. So, I mean, that's honestly the, the, I say easiest, but really it's not even that easy. It's incredibly hard because then it, it goes into funding. It goes into, you'd have to hire more teachers or whatever the, the, mm-hmm. the um, reasoning would be that people would oppose it. So, so yeah, well, they would oppose it for each and every other reason, except for saying that they're openly racist. So just throwing it out there. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Because you know how how that Black Lives Matter situation turned out. Blue lives matter, green lives matter, exactly. Frog lives exactly. matter. Exactly. So. Yeah, that man. But um, well, speaking of the school system, I was thoroughly surprised, like probably many people, to find that you speak uh, Spanish pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when did you pick this skill up? And uh, are other people surprised to know that you speak it? And you have some stories of you surprising yes, people with your yes, Spanish yes. abilities? So actually, I'll tell you why I wanted to learn Spanish. Because I'm the kind of guy, if I wanted, I'm going to do it. As, as you can probably guess. Mm-hmm. So I usually wanted to learn Spanish because I got sick and tired of people around me speaking and me not knowing what they were saying. It's a very mm-hmm. immature reason to learn Spanish. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> Not really. I, I like it. it. I like At it. the time, I think I was like, I was like freshman or, or senior, or, or no, freshman or sophomore at the time. And then it eventually went from a desire to know what people were saying into, wow, I actually really love this language and the culture behind this language. So I, I, I learned it in high school. Uh, I took Spanish one, two, and three. But, you know, that just gives you, like, the basics, the foundation. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I took it upon myself to learn and, and, and figure out more. I, ha- I mean, I kid you not, I have flashcards. Like, I was that kind of guy. 
Mm, okay. Anybody shocked by that? Works, bro. <laughs> but yeah. um, and there are a ton of stories where I, people have been like, "What?" <laughs> like I remember one time during my campaign when I was canvassing, um, there was this house I was visiting or, or knocking on their door. Hey, I'm your can. I was yes. speaking in English at the time. Hey, I'm your guy. I'm your candidate. I'd like you to vote for me. Yada yada yada. And it was a Hispanic guy at the door. And he responded, um, oh, no, no, I don't speak English. So then I was like, oh, está bien, porque yo soy tu candidato. <laughs> <laughs> Your moment came. Tell you, oh, man, when I tell you this man, look, his, his eyes widened. He said, dang like, it, oh, dang. now I got to talk to this man. guy. <laughs> it was so funny. And then he was like, no, no, I, uh, I, I have something to do. So I, and then he closed the door. And uh-huh. here, the story gets really good. So, I guess he closed the door and he said a Spanish cuss word. And he looked at his daughter, Ooh. and then his daughter was like, "Dad, you speak English." And keep my hair yelling. I can hear them. And the guy goes, "I know, but I didn't think I could speak Spanish." It was so funny. It was so funny. Oh my gosh! I was I kid you not. I was just dying. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's wild that is so wild that's worth <laughs> learning spanish right there for me you know I, I, see see tony i'm gonna take that one step first i'm type of guy but like i'm gonna learn spanish and not let you know that i know it now i was like <laughs> right. i'm gonna sit back <laughs> right to the last last to the, i'm like sit to the very last second and this then drop like mm, okay so now i know you talk about me yeah yeah okay <laughs> anyhow so until i get to that point let me ask you that what are, are there any really good conversational spanish translation devices out there and do they are they effective in education oh okay okay uh this, i know a lot of people like rosetta stone i, I don't know how yeah so it is, but... i i i actually have rosetta stone believe it or not um i'm trying i'm mm-hmm. trying to learn mm-hmm. chinese uh wow that's good I, is that mandarin yes that's that's mandarin yeah um, I, I thought i heard that yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, Ward. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have your conversation to Mandarin. I'm gonna sit back now. <laughs> ni hao, ni hao. Ni hao ma. Yeah. What's your tani? Yeah. Right. See, I told you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You say you said you do like the Rosetta Stone. I don't. I honestly. I, I mean, it's 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 whatever. Like it, it works, I guess. But. I'm not the biggest fan of it just because I don't know. It, it might just be me, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just good with textbooks. I, I really don't even know. Um, yeah. But I know Duolingo for Spanish speakers. Uh, I hot. hear Duolingo is a good app, that it works. I tested out Duolingo, but since I was already like semi-fluent at the time, I didn't have the patience to get to work myself up to like level five or whatever um, was mm. my level. So I never really pursued be heard, I guess, in, the, in that type of setting. That's uh, you, you got to break that down a little bit more. <laughs> That's that was, that was complex. You got to break it down just a little bit more. OK, so let's let's say, for example, you know, you, you know that many times that you have entertainers and uh, athletes there, they use their platform for social activism and they're if they're not as popular or it seems that they may not be as relevant to some individuals. I'm not saying it's true. It just seems like they're, if their popularity wanes, they're not as important, then they may not be as, 
that's viewed as a true person that people want to listen to because hey, they're not what are, what are they out here doing? You know what I'm saying? Say for example, you got Kareem Kareem Abdul Jabbar. You know, he had a platform he used while he was active, and as he got older, maybe some of the younger generation don't relate to him as well because he's not playing basketball now. Mm-hmm. They may say, "Well, who's that?" You know, versus LeBron James, who is an active NBA player who uses his platform to to take care of social activism as well. So, you know, I'm going to spin that towards the educator role now. So you have a your role as an influencer um, to influence minds beyond the classroom. How do you how do you envision an, an, an educator using their platform beyond the classroom to ensure individuals are, are being not only listened to, but also being heard? Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So, ooh, all right. So this, this one's tough because in a classroom, we are not allowed to espouse any type of political belief mm-hmm. or whatever. We're not, which I understand. I, I, I'm 100% for that. And I agree with that. Um, however, to answer your question, what I think we as educators should be doing and what I myself am doing is I give both sides of the coin. And covered mm-hmm. as current events, basically. Yes, I covered as current events. Okay. So, for example, um, I would tell my students, if I was giving a lesson, basically saying, yeah, this is one presidential candidate, this is the presidential candidate, here's a presidential candidate, right? I would tell my students, um, so look, there's this one guy, he believes in this, 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 and this. This other guy, he believes in this, 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 and that. Hopefully one day I'm going to say this other girl. Uh, I hope, I hope this other woman, that'd be be phenomenal. Um, Mm -hmm. Now I can tell you how this will benefit and that'll benefit or that'll hurt, but it's up to you to take on whatever you believe about it. And they'll ask me all the time, Mr. E, what what do you believe? What do you think? What do you think? And I have to reply, even when I was running my own campaign uh, and they could literally Google what I think because (laughs) <laughs> that's what that's what they get yeah. on my website but um i would always have to say while i'm on campus uh i cannot espouse my political beliefs like i can't answer that question or whatever 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 i think it's right, incumbent because, upon because teachers are, okay. to present both sides of the coin as much info as possible and let the student themselves choose now once you get out that classroom <laughs> and, and it's done past five o'clock Mm-hmm. you'll go to town. I don't care. <laughs> you go to town mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Um, but directly in, in a classroom setting, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to do so in a classroom setting, basically. Mm-hmm. So, so the teachers can't wear like the Black Lives Matter uh, mask or anything like that during school hours? Or... Nope. You can't wear any okay. kind of anything that can be even like remotely seen as political. So for example, um, if I were to wear a Black Lives Matter mask or shirt, they'd probably send me home for the day or tell me to go change my shirt or whatever. Or if I had on a Blue Lives Matter, they'd say the same thing. Okay. Now, so it's consistent. It, well, it's, it's where I'm going. <laughs> okay. It's supposed to be consistent. Because, like I said, I live in Florida. Uh, like I also said, I live in a part of Florida where they fight the Gators. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, okay. I have personally seen at my school, you know, people in those Blue Lives Matter masks, um, in that mm-hmm. teachers, teachers specifically in that kind of uh, clothing and whatnot, 
Uh, um, now, likewise, I believe, and, and, and this I think is normal, I'm okay with it not applying to students. Like, for example, I saw students with Trump masks, Trump backpacks. I mean, not Trump backpacks, Trump lunchboxes. I didn't even know they went that far, but I. Yeah, oh yeah. And I've seen vice versa, kids in blue, uh, Black Lives Matter uh, clothing. So that I think is okay. But when it comes to the teachers, we're not supposed to. Granted, I've seen people on the other side of the aisle do it. I myself have yet to do it because I know once I do it, it's going to be a thing. So. Hmm. Okay. I, I can understand that. Uh, you definitely want to be neutral because it seems like in society we are now, it's like everybody's, it's like gasoline and they can be lit very easily. Mm-hmm. So I, I see you want to keep neutral. Yes. But I recently read that, that when Obama was running for office, he tried to avoid questions that would get him in a uh, situation. I didn't know if it was true or not, but like the question of reparations. We talked about that last time with you. It seems that many people in the country don't have want to have the conversation about reparations. And if he spoke about it, that may put him in a bad light. Do you think that was true or could he have been himself or can you be real in politics about what you really want to do? Uh, so I believe you can be real in politics about what you want to do. I also believe that um, at the time he could not have said it because mm-hmm. there are certain things that I also will not say currently certain phrases specifically I will not say being that I'm not yet elected now mm-hmm. in Obama's second term when he had nothing to lose mm-hmm. then I think that would have been a perfect time to bring up that conversation because, right. because oh. at that point you got nothing up to lose of course especially if you believe in this thing like there's things I believe that I have to repress until election until after election day mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And, and granted, even though there are those things that I believe in that I cannot say, once I'm elected, I plan to fight for those things because the damage has already been done. I'm already, you can't unelect me. That's not how it works. So, <laughs> so, you know, once the deed is done, that's when I plan to come out with those things. But prior, I got to keep them in a vault. And like I said, Obama, second term, I feel like he should have brought that conversation up. Um, but that's neither here nor there at this point. Right. Yeah. Well, he see, he just seemed to be more vocal about it now. Yes. That, and he, as he wasn't then, because I guess I understand it, but I guess, I, I don't know, people, I just speak so many different things. Like people like, well, he didn't do enough for black people. And some people are like, I'm just glad we had a black president. But I don't know if they're actually doing stuff to make, like, say, punishments across the board equal for everybody. Same crime, same yeah. time. I don't know if that's accurate. And I don't know if a politician can actually do anything about that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there are things that I feel like we, I mean, there are things that I feel like we as we got um, concerted toward one effort. We could do something, you know, like for example, and I'm not saying you guys, this does not affect your show whatsoever, but I personally believe in Medicare for all. You can't tell me that in the richest nation in the world, that of all the politicians and everyone said, let's do Medicare for all, we couldn't get it done. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because we yeah. have those politicians that don't want that kind of smoke, they don't want that kind of label, because everything in politics is, is, a, is, is a label. It's, it's, a, it's a, mm-hmm. a tag that you get associated with. Um, that's what politics is. If you don't want that label because you want to be reelected or you think that having that label is going to prevent you from getting reelected, then you're not going to openly support that issue, even if you yourself believe in that issue. 
Mm-hmm. Walking a thin line there. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Well, you know, isn't it ironic though that when individuals are going back and reviewing past writings or, or renderings of judges or individuals who are in public service, they go back all the way to third grade. Well, this candidate said that they wanted to be an astronaut and they <laughs> walked away from their dreams. So that tells me he's going to walk away from your dreams too in the future. You know, it's kind of like, where, where do you draw the line with that type of stuff? You know, and you go back and you think about all the things that a person may say or may not say or think. It's it's like you, you really have to, it's, it's, it's the ultimate game of poker where you're really holding your, your cards to your vest and you can't really say nothing yeah. until you, like you said, you get your foot in the door. But, you know, to to your point, I, I said the thing about the, the whole point of repar, uh, reparations. Now, I don't know if anyone else in their family has ever heard this before. I'm, I'm one sixteenth this or one, I'm one yes. eighth that. And I'm like, so wh- where, where do we draw the line? You know, because it's like, you look at TV, and even in Florida, <laughs> you see more <laughs> interracial couples than you typically do than years ago, right? It's, it's becoming more of a, a, more, a norm, it seems like. So, you know, wh- where do we draw the line as to who's eligible for those reparations or not? You know, you know, we got individuals who are trying to pass for this and pass for that years ago. Now it's just the opposite. We got other people on the other side trying to pass for yeah. black Based on yeah. what they do. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know. Where, 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 do you, where, where do you draw the line with that, you know? Um, I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, it, I think the 116th thing is, is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but to, to each its own, I'm not yeah. going to say, you know, if that's, if, that's, if that's how you identify, if that's what helps you mm-hmm. sleep and identify, by all means, I'm not trying to take away um, whatever you, you, you believe in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, though, I... And, and and personally, I'm of the opinion that reparations for Black folk should come in terms of lifting up us as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my personal belief. I, I don't think anyone should be kicked out of that based on whatever. I think we should do whatever can lift us up as an entire community. Mm-hmm. Um, what that looks like, I don't know. Yep. Uh, I, I haven't given that much thought to it, but I, uh, I do think that as a community, we should be lifted up instead of people, you know, coming out the woodwork like, well, my great, 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 exactly. great, 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 Yes. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to happen. We know yeah. that's it is. It, it comes with uh-huh. it. And, and, I, and yeah. I honestly, like, I, if you have black in your bloodline, which, let's be real, about 99% of everybody already do. I mean, that's where a lot of mm-hmm. started in Africa. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. So. That's facts right exactly. there. Exactly. So I personally just believe that let's lift up the community as a whole. Let's get rid of things like the the racial wealth gap, mm-hmm. um, home ownership gap. Let's, let's attack those um, and instead of, you know, here's a $20,000 check, you know, go about your life. I, I think that I think listen up the entire community because that's going to be generational. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we do the whole community, that's mm-hmm. generational. That's my grandkids, their grandkids, their grandkids are going to be able to to eat off that for generations. Whereas if they give us like a twenty thousand, a one time twenty thousand dollar check, and and I'm not saying, you know, everyone's going to blow it and not turn it into generational wealth, but you're going to see a lot of people just blow that check. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. So I'd true. much rather just a generate uh, a, a a community lift up instead of a one time payment. I mean, but, if you see the numbers that that we're pro- or that's projected that America as a nation owes black folk. I mean, it's, yeah. it's upwards of 90 to 100, some trillion, like it's astronomical numbers. Yeah, that's, and I don't think they're going to do exactly. that. I mean, but haven't we seen attempts I, I think, to, to level the playing field, like like actions like uh, like affirmative action? And we've seen how many of those provisions have been struck down. And many times those provisions were used to level the playing field when it comes to wealth and income and education. Um, and we see the adverse effects from that now where individuals say, well, I was I was negatively impacted because I wasn't able to go to the school of my choice because someone else was given an, a, a, an opportunity to take advantage of this under this provision. And unfortunately, the courts have, have deemed some of those things like, honestly, University of Michigan, some of those provisions as being unlawful. So, so where do we balance those, that generational wealth, that generational uplift for the community when you have day-to-day laws that are being struck down like, like the affirmative action in some states or in some cases when it comes to education. So, I mean, where's the balance in that? Well, America has to, it has, America has a funny thing of not acknowledging its racial past. It it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We have to acknowledge it. I think that's the first step, you know, because when, because whenever, and then I know, I know some of y'all have heard this. Whenever you talk about race with certain people, they always bring up the, well, I didn't own slaves. Yeah, <laughs> we ain't talking right. about yeah. you, Jeff. Calm down. <laughs> but they're still getting exactly. benefits from it, though. Uh-huh. Now, uh-huh. if we acknowledge it, for example, South Africa, after apartheid, they had a whole not reparations, but like a, a whole. There was like a a, a a board, a government board, to examine the effects of apartheid and race and how it played a role in the uh, South Africa's past, right? Mm-hmm. And they analyzed those things. They spoke to the community on those things. And they, they gave an actual effort at trying to fix some of those things, some of those issues that, that happened. And because of that, South Africa did much better, got much better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying all the issues are solved. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that mm-hmm. by right. acknowledging their mistakes in their past, they were able to tackle some of those issues that plagued them today. We in the United States mm-hmm. have not, and I say we, but I don't mean us, um, have not done that yet. Right. I think um, when you look at racism, uh, especially in America, it's, it's money. It, racism creates that, that, that chasm for, for money. I mean, because if, if I can prove that this... I'm better than this people over here or better than them, then I can have better funding for these schools or this and that and keep you, you know, it just, it seems like it's not going to change because I, I remember reading in my book about Malcolm X when he went overseas and they were telling him, you, you got to understand that over there, they're doing that. And until you, you know, do something different, they're going to continue to do it. So because sometimes omission is better than commission from what I'm seeing when it comes to race. Mm-hmm. I, I might steal that from you just now. I'm going to let you know I might steal that from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's free to take. <laughs> but since, since, we're, since we're talking about this, let, let, let's, let's segue into George, George Floyd. Now, we know his family was awarded $27 million from the Minneapolis federal lawsuit. That, uh, but the citizens are actually going to pay this, mm-hmm. not the police. How, how do you think this is going to turn out with their 
Chauvin, I believe his name. If he does go to jail, which I don't believe, are we going to expect another riot? Are we going to expect some? What, what can come uh, out of what this? What happened after Rodney King? Mm. Oh man, it's Ouch. Like, well, they, they, well, they tore up that yeah. area, yeah. but I, but but the internet wasn't like it is. That's now. true too. But I honestly, I feel like. America also likes to do the same thing and expect different results, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. it, 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 that's yep. just gonna happen if they. It's and it, uh, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm like struggling with this one because it's it's such a hard thing. Because <laughs> yeah. like there's yeah. obvious guilt, there is obvious like we we saw what he did, and we've yeah and we've almost seen nine this minutes repeatedly where we can see them do this. Yet they get away mm-hmm. with an innocent plea. It makes yep. no sense. Yep. And Same every time thing. that happens, yeah. what happens? The streets go crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. That's why I can't understand. I've never seen what they paid the family before the trial started. I said, yeah. what's going on? Yep. They Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. that. I just, I was, I was like, is that supposed to get the guy a lighter sentence? Is that supposed to make somebody? Are they acknowledging that there was some wrongdoing? I, I just, I'm just kind of perplexed on what that whole situation what? is. But at the same time, I, I don't agree with people being locked in jail cells either. I don't think that really rehabilitates people. I don't think Agreed. it makes anything better. I honestly, and what also just makes it kind of weird to me is like, I don't understand the pushback when it comes to police reform because they always say oh it's gonna cost too much it's gonna cost too much to do this this and that but they're paying out these lump sums of money every year repeatedly and not the police department though the city does i mean the citizens and the Mm -hmm. police are funded by taxpayer dollars exactly yes yes but but the flip side of that is the police still get their pensions and all their money. Regard it doesn't affect them. They're gonna get theirs anyway. Though that's kind of like me breaking into your house, but having you and Trey pay you back for me yes, breaking but, into your house. But we as the taxpayer, we as the voter, are the ones who 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 put in place things like police reform. If we voted for candidates that were about police reform, then it would happen. Police reform is not in the hands of the police. They don't get to make that choice. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That is the choice of the voter. That is the choice of the taxpayer. That's the choice of me and you. Mm-hmm. That's a tough call. Yeah. I, I have issues with that one. I don't know because even if the taxpayer voted, doesn't the person get in there? Can he be influenced financially by financial gains for, you know, if I agree with you on this and if. You know, because we can't even get rid of guns. I would change the gun law in this country. So <laughs> I don't know how. I, I guess I just have mixed emotions. It sounds good in yeah. theory, but would they really make a difference? I, I mean, mean, well, let's look at let's look at me get an example, right? Uh, I, I think okay. this is in Colorado somewhere. I can't remember where exactly, but there is a city in Colorado where they already implemented police reform. They implemented what's known as really? the Hoots program. It's a program where you have psychologists and social workers um, and they handle certain calls, right? So, so they handle okay. those social disturbances. Really, the police are only called when there's an active crime being done. Um, if not, if there's no active crime, someone else besides the police is called. There's a traffic stop. It's by highway mm-hmm. patrol people. It's not by police. If there is 
a uh, mental illness issue or disturbance going on at your local mall, not the police is going to handle that. A psychologist is going to handle that. Mm-hmm. Right? And because mm-hmm. of that, in that city, I like that. crime and police brutality has been brought down by, I can't remember the number, I think it was like 25, 30 some percent. It was crazy numbers because they had implemented That's that. a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they suddenly they switched to more like a like a public safety officer, where it's like hey, the individuals who are actually trained to deal with those type of situations. You know, not everything is going to be a, a armed standoff. Exactly. Um, if there's going to be some some case of you know two folks who are arguing domestic abuse and gets into the public public uh, arena, people out in the street, you know, you're going to have individuals who are going to try to find ways to de-escalate the exactly. situation versus versus taking you know. Hey, let me. What's the smallest caliber that I can use to wound this person so they can still walk exactly. away? Exactly. You know. So, <laughs> and let me, let me really... give you another example too. Well, um, when there's a fire, who do you call? Oh, okay, okay. When there's department. a medical emergency, who do you call? Paramedics. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. The EMT. So then, yeah. why are you calling police when there's no crime being committed? Mm-hmm. What's You're the right. police job? Yeah. Fight crime. Like, like that, that is their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's so true. It, it, it really sounds like, uh, like to your point, Tony, where the city of Minneapolis, let's be honest, they represent the elected will of the people. The people put them in office, and the and the people hire. The police are hired, and they're funded by by the by the city. Yes. right. And so they actually get their pay through those the personal and and corporate taxes. Yes, that's how they get their money. You no, know, so when it comes time to replace. The police, or come time to place those individuals doing it the wrong way, that goes right back to those individuals in that city to make a determination as to what works best for them. Exactly. Now, is every is 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 that situation in Minneapolis going to be solved in the next three three months or three years? Probably not. Mm-hmm. This because it's gone on for years. And let's be honest, Minneapolis is nothing like Florida with them two legged games. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, with that being said, what what have you noticed locally that that where that type of influence has changed some of the behaviors when it comes to dealing with the police. Nothing. Wow. In my local go. area, nothing. No. In a word. Okay. I um I had spoke to a judge once when I had got a I got stopped for a speeding ticket and I clearly wasn't speeding. So I, it was at the end of the month. Yep. We all know how that thing goes. So I talked to the judge and the judge told me, she said, if I she's I'm gonna be honest with you, if I side with you and say you weren't speeding and the officer wastes his time and day. And then someone breaks into my house and I call the officer and he comes here and sees me and remember that I let you go. How does that affect me? And I was like, well, is this, are she serious? So I just realized it, it's kind of like us against them. And, and, and to what you said earlier, Tony, I am a licensed insurance agent with the state of Indiana. And I do agree we could give uh, universal mm-hmm. health care for everybody. And I'm a certified community health worker where I actually work with people in the community. So I know that police shouldn't be mm-hmm. called for a lot of those instances. And sometimes people do call police officers with the intent of something yeah. else happening. We'll just say that. So, so unfortunately that that's what happened. But with, with that, with that in mind, I want to ask you this. I was reading the other day about this stand your ground. Oh, law. Isn't that a Florida oh thing? God, Is that big? It. Here we go. <laughs> oh my God. I just, I just, I don't, we didn't got to get deep on it. I just wanted to say that, Basically, what I understand standard law to mean is uh, 
uh, a person can use deadly force in a self-defense in a public situation, even if that force can be safely avoided by retreating. As a result, these laws seem to be encouraging the, the escalation of violence in everyday conflict. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me. Why is this not uh, being addressed? And if you look at the numbers, if a person does use this stand your ground law and say they're not a person of color, they have a 250% yes. chance of actually getting away with this. So why is this um, okay? Well, stand your ground, just like, uh, have you ever heard of citizens arrest as well? Mm-hmm. Okay, so both stand your ground and citizens mm-hmm. arrest, those came out of the slave era. Um, let's just throw that out there and call it what oh, it is. Oh, really? Um, yes, yeah, citizens wow. arrest specifically actually refers to um, people catching black folk uh, on the premise that they were slaves with the intention of returning them or keeping them as a slave or free or whatever have you. Yeah, no, that's, it's a literal thing. You can Google it yourself. There's a whole Harvard thing on it. That is, Um, oh my. Now, Mm -hmm. the Stand Your Ground by itself, let me just say there was actually a case here in Florida, Clearwater, Florida, which isn't too far from my house, but a hundred, not a hundred, but an hour from my place, um, where a black man was shot to death in the back by a white man who was arguing with that black man over a parking space. Um, mm. The, mm. Exactly. Yeah, and that the happens. Black man that got happened a, a lot. Because he, he was the guy, or I can't remember exactly what happened, and the white guy parked somewhere else. I can't remember exactly why the white guy approached the black guy. But white guy approached the black guy, right? And keep in mind, the black guy's kids are in the car. He has his daughter in the car and his wife, I believe. And he's like, hey, man, like, I need you to back up. Like, you're yelling at me in front of my kids. Like, this is not, this is not, what are you doing right now? And, you know, the white guy's saying, I'm like, oh, I'll beat you. Oh, oh, I'm already some, all kinds of rigmarole. Um, mm. Black guy pushed them. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. I cannot. But the black guy pushed them. And the white guy then brought out a gun. He had, he sees the black guy retreating. Black guy has literally turned his back to the man and was retreating. And it's, mm-hmm. this is all videoed. You can, see, you can mm. Google it today if you wanted to. Um, I think all you got to do is just Google Clearwater Stand Your Ground case and you'll see it. And the white uh-huh. guy then proceeds to shoot the man in the back. I think he shot him three times, but I may have just brought that number up. I'm not entirely sure. I can't remember um, mm. exactly. Black, black guy dies. Um, this was in 2017 or 2018. And then in 2019 uh, was the case. And I can't remember what the, what the final verdict was, but I remember it being a big thing for Stand Your Ground in terms of everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people saying, wow, that is a stupid law. Because there was mm-hmm. no reason for that guy to kill that man. He used deadly force, right? Yes, yep. he used mm-hmm. deadly force. And another mm-hmm. case that I think everyone knows well um, where stand your ground what was not applied, but would have applied if they used it. Uh, George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was a yeah. that was a, yeah. a a could have been stand your ground case. They didn't use stand your ground, but they stand your ground applied one hundred percent, and I believe it was also part of the reasoning as to why they voted innocent, um, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Um, so stand your ground is honestly just a bullcrap way for mm-hmm. us to be murdered in the street by regular people. Same yep. with citizens arrest. Yep. 
But isn't it ironic yeah. that you start thinking about the whole provision of stand your ground is on that that happens typically on on in the public sector on on you typically don't use stand your ground if you're at home. That's more that's that's self defense. But the yes. minute someone steps off their property, one foot off, and you shoot them off your property, now you're liable because now it's no longer self defense, especially if they're off their property. So I kind of wonder. You know, you flip the script and you think about if Trayvon had made it home and his parents were there to protect him. Mom was there, dad was there, whatever the case may be, you know, and something happened to George. Could they have you stand their ground to protect to protect their interests as well? You know, so it's like because he, they, they confronted George Zimmerman, Zimmerman confronted their son on, on, on in the public. He, if he makes it home and they're defending them, who's in the right and who's in the wrong then? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's literally that razor thing. Really yeah. Is. Uh, that's good. yeah. Yeah, I get sticky real quick doing that, man. So I guess it wouldn't happen like that. What about in schools? Uh, they're talking about arming oh, teachers in schools again. Is that something that oh, you would be for no. or against? <laughs> oh, my man. Let me tell you, there's some I know. teachers I wouldn't put a gun in the hands of, even if it, they weren't in school. Wow. Um, wow. It is not. No, that is. Oh, and then that's just, I feel like that's also a an accident waiting to happen. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I I, uh, I taught school as a sub teacher uh, for like three years, so I really commend you for because you you sound like well, you're a great you. teacher. <laughs> but yeah, but a lot of times these these young people are dealing with things that I didn't have to deal with when I was in school. I mean, because for them smoking weed is like uh, not everybody, but a lot of times these young people they're smoking weed daily. I mean, you know, and they're doing. I talked to one of my kids; he was a seventh grader. And he told me he's in oh, rehab the- for cocaine, and he was in the seventh grade. So I was like kids are dealing with things that we really didn't have to. So if a teacher is armed with a gun and he gets upset with the teacher, I mean, a student, because sometimes mm. students can take you there. Would, would he be justified because he was, you yeah. know, scared for his life, you know? So I, I don't agree with that guns. And I oh, don't, yeah. and then you got to train the teachers oh, too. Yeah. And then what it kind of, gun, it, it's just, it's and, just, and I feel like that, we especially we here in Florida and other places where like this was an actual conversation. I feel like we have the answer all wrong, you know. Like the answer that they think applies to gun violence is more guns. It, it it's it makes no <laughs> right. sense. Isn't that crazy? Um, exactly. Yeah, I, that I is can't crazy. fathom or explain to you why that is even a question right now. Uh, for example, in Australia, right. There was a um, a mass shooting. They ban assault weapons literally like within the week of that. that and it's shooting. done. Yeah, piles and piles done. of guns. Yes. Saw and, that. Mm-hmm. and then there was no mass shooting for the next 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I was thinking, yeah, yeah they don't have these shootings over there no right more. Here where we are, right? I think last year alone, there was 650 mass shootings. Every, it's almost every. That's one thing good about COVID. It's kind of yeah. reduced the shootings at schools. Oh man! I'm like, I, I something recently, good came actually, out of this. This person just wow. posted on, uh, on Instagram. It was supposed to be a joke, um, and I, but I thought it just applied so beautifully. They said, "Man, I can't wait to, I can't wait to go back to having my only worry in a crowded place being a shooting." Hmm. <laughs> wow. That's wow. That, that that's that is the, the new norm right there. Well, I, I don't want to, you know, beat this shooting thing to death. 
If I gotta ask you your thoughts on that Capitol building riot. The Capitol oh. <laughs> I know those guys were just passionate about nah, the views that's and that's, wanted that's to be heard. That's <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I heard on on the news. That's what it was. These guys weren't terrorists. They were just mm. they really wanted their feelings to be heard, and they they just went in to make a stance. And they said that the police were inviting them in. They were friendly. They weren't upset. I think they, I think you know, a few things with that. So, so one. Uh, I'll give you two things. Uh, one, I think it's crazy because, you know, when, when black folk march in the street and to say that our lives matter or that we demand equal and civil rights, you know, they then tell us, oh, that's not the way you should protest. That's not how you should protest. When Colin Kaepernick bent that knee, that's not the right. way you should protest. He just thought it that was wrong. But that was wrong. Then when they come and riot and, and break into and steal. From mm-hmm. the Capitol building. The Capitol. Not a Capitol. <laughs> the Capitol. The Capitol building. I have I have yet to hear somebody go, that's not the way you should protest. I <laughs> I'm just baffled. And and, and, and they, they stole. They literally they... stole out of that building. But yeah. I didn't hear anyone condemn them for, for uh burglarizing or stuff like that. But they couldn't wait to do it during Black Lives Matters. Brilliant. Oh yeah, man! But you, but you gotta admit that the, some of those people who broke in there were talented because they, <laughs> oh, they yeah. scaled a wall. I didn't think you could do that. <laughs> I, I said, you get that man his props because they did it, and they were out of shape and they scaled. They that sure wall. Well. too. I was amazed. Hmm. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's unfortunate that that happened because it's real quiet. People shut real, up real quiet. quick then. Real know? quiet. They take like what. And, and 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 they just let it go on. I'm, I'm sitting there watching, like I think they're gonna go and shut this down in the next five minutes, right there. It was daylight, and next thing it was night, and they still were holding. Was it like, was like when you were listening to them talk. It was like, well, we know that they're gonna be coming out in force at seven o'clock. I stood at seven o'clock, and I was watching seven o one, seven o five, seven. We're slowly pushing them back. To the perimeter's <laughs> been extended. Yep. 720, 730. We're yeah. still pushing them. There's now a, a martial law is now in effect. 830, 9 o'clock, people still on the street. <laughs> yeah. Which brings me to my second point. And, and then you cannot tell me. Go ahead. Can not tell me if that wasn't a group of black folk Watch out. rushing into the building that they built as slaves. Watch out. That they would not be dead yeah. yep. in the street. armed with cell phones, exactly. dangerous cell phones. Yeah, that 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 I think that shows a lot of people the the double yep. standards that they really yep. don't want to admit. Because if you admit it, like you said, you you definitely have to make a decision about are we going to do something different because of this, yep. this, this, and that. You can't deny that now, like you said, because my I didn't have slaves. Mm-hmm. Okay, but look what's happening now. This ain't your yes, grandparents' parents. This is you. This is this is now, so yeah. I I just thought that that was just. I, I thought Washington was, uh, or DC was one of the most protected places in the world. I mean, you all the police they have there. If you were able to do that, they, I mean, what are other countries thinking? Like, oh well, shoot, we should, uh, we'll yeah, take some like, walk down there and do you this. You let your people do this. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, just walk right in there and do it. I mean, and the one guy that yeah, said you the black guy who was trying to hold him back. Why didn't he just? Couldn't he have used a stun gun or something? Or I think because normally when you fire a gun, I know black people, at least in boys in the hood, you fire a gun, everybody hey, scattered. So listen, why listen, didn't they fire a gun listen. there? I don't know. Actually, no. Well, they did fire a gun. 
but let me tell you, and and and, and this is kind of incumbent upon, or not incumbent, this kind of the epitome of white privilege, right? So when they fired a gun in the Capitol building, the people there did not run. In fact, I'm pretty sure I, I feel like I remember reading that someone shot back because they themselves had guns. Man. Powerful With Eugene. Oh, let me just say Mitt Romney, he owes his life to a black man. I don't even know if he know that because Eugene said, hey, Romney, you better run the other way because they're coming. Uh, <laughs> uh, <but laughs> Go that way, Eugene, bro. Go that way. Uh, he had at least, I, 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 I didn't see the full crowd, obviously. I don't think anyone saw the full crowd. But I, I, I bet there was at least 30 to 50 uh, people rushing him. Mm-hmm. If he put the taser on even one of them, mm. yep. All the other 29 yeah, would have right. been on, on his head, on top of Yep, exactly. Eugene would not be standing here today. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even expect that. Any yeah. weaponry. That's true. I mean, he his Glock probably got off yeah. 14 yeah. rounds. <laughs> then number 17, 18, 19, and 20 would have been like, okay, it's on now. So, yep. <laughs> well, they, well, they got safe rooms in there, I'm sure. I would if I was a cop, I would have been in a safe room. Like, it's break time yeah. for me because I'm, hey, I'm going to go ahead and you know, go do what I do. Right, <laughs> you know, the union said I can only work eight hours, and it's eight and a half, but uh, yeah, so well, I'm glad we got past that. And seems like we there's some lessons to be learned for because they, they did go out and arrest the people eventually and went to their homes and went to their Facebook social media pages, and it started to make some difference. I don't know what's going to happen to them, but at least they're uh, yeah, actually, they're uh, speaking being of that, addressed. You know, the one guy that so. uh, stole the podium, mm-hmm. yeah, I ended up finding out that he didn't live too far away from my job, actually. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? You saw him walking home that night. There you go, right there. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that podium looks familiar. Uh, Facebook Marketplace, the podium, for $50,000. What? Man. No, yeah, they got that so they I'm got sure they took that, that back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I was just saying, you know, is, 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 is this a case right? of them just following the leads of the you know, whoever was you no know, telling them to storm the Capitol, or, or were they were they bamboozled into doing something like this, or were they just lemmings? They kind of just jumped off the cliff, you know. <laughs> what well, 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 Tony said, you can't. Uh, would you yeah, say yeah. you can't unvote me out or whatever? But it seems like yeah. you can't really well, impeach not when, people not when either. You, uh, ain't got the guts to for so, sure. Uh-huh. I don't know what, what he had on him to, to, to survive two impeachments. I mean, because it seems like he's losing his power. And I, I know he's going to yeah. create a new social media website, but it seems like he's he's powerless now. And it's like he's, he's coming to after on the Teflon Don, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I honestly, yeah. Am I, from what I've seen, a lot of elected Republicans are still riding the Trump train. Um, I don't think, yeah. Because he's coming I, back, I, isn't he? Like he's he coming would. back in 2024, I, feel I like would think. Or, or if he doesn't, I feel like someone from his bloodline will. Mm. Yeah, they might. His daughter probably yeah. the only one that got a shot to make, some, make it. I don't think it, I don't think they like his sons too much because they're, yeah. they're different. They're built different, I'll say that. Um, 
Let, let, let's uh, let's switch gears here. Let, let's talk about this COVID shot. Um, um, what, now, what are your thoughts on that? Tony? In the show, I have to tell you that as a politician, um, <laughs> I'm a little hesitant to talk about this. No, 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 yes. I'm just joking. But I, I, I do believe I, I, I don't think there's any foul play in the COVID shot. Um, I know people were saying that you know Bill Gates made the COVID shot, but Bill Gates had nothing to do with right. it. The COVID yeah. shot was made in Germany. Um, and he didn't even do- Dolly Parton okay. put more money in the COVID shot than the Bill Gates did. He's 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 down in in uh, Africa working yeah, on that. vaccines for polio. So, I I mean, I think there's a lot of misinformation around it. Mm-hmm. I myself am about to get my shot actually coming up pretty soon. Okay. Um, I qualify as a teacher, so but I wanted to make sure all the older teachers got it first. That's why I held off on it for a little bit. Um, but I'm about to get my shot re- uh, coming up pretty soon. And, I mean, like I said, I, I don't think there's any foul play. I feel like everyone who can should get one. I don't think it's – I don't think it should be forced. I don't think we should make it mandatory. Um, but I myself will be uh, – so, I mean, there's there's that. Okay, okay. Well, then – yeah, you know, right. you know, you get, you start thinking about. I've heard that term of that that herd immunity, where you get enough people vaccinated, where you you diminish the risk across the board for everybody, even if you don't get the shot. Um, yeah, you know, you start thinking, could that same thought be applied in, in even in the education system? You start thinking, I'm going to go back to this, this this line of thought for the teacher as well. Now, you know, you get all the students in the classroom; they all get the exact same test. If you get enough students to pass, then the school district. Or school system that's not get on that that academic emergency. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So with that being said, you mm. know you address the needs of the majority. But again, what about the individual? You know, they got the student takes the test, doesn't pass. You know, how does that test benefit them? How does that how does the situation benefit them? I I I'm still on the fence about about taking the 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 shot myself personally. And so I know that at some point, you know, if enough people get the shot, you know, hey, is it going to be enough to keep that bay and then you have COVID-19 being treated as one of those things, oh, like the flu. Well, you get it or you don't. You get better or you don't. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking from that same line of thought of, you know, that that mass testing that you do for education. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It works for the masses and not necessarily for the individual. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's a valid mm. point. Uh, I, I can't I can't really argue one way or the other now, and I really think it's a valid point. Mm-hmm. Um and I think what was the number Fauci said? Uh, I think he said it was like as long as seventy five percent of Americans get it or something like that. I can't remember. I think it was seventy five percent of adults actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some something like that. Then like we should be fine. Um, now I, 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 that's why I, that's why I don't really don't think that it should be mandatory because uh, right. like you say, you know, if it what works for the masses yeah. may not work for the individual, <laughs> individual, and vice versa. What works for the individual may not work for the masses. But um, right. so, yeah, really, I, I agree with you there. You know, that's why I think it's uh, that's why I, I don't think it should be mandatory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess my two cents on it is I think that it's really in the trial phases for me because I don't think it's been tested long enough to know. And it seems like people are standing in line to get a shot that hasn't been proven. It won't prevent you from getting it. It won't stop you from spreading it. So I just really don't see any advantage for myself at this time. So I think I'm going to be one who just kind of, you know, stand back because I just don't, I, I mean, 
back in the day, something happened. At oh, the, yeah. The yeah. Yeah, kinda, buddy. You know, yeah. in my mind. So I, I just don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this, this country had you know, 45 in office. So, so that y'all tells know. me a lot about what I need. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not going to tell somebody they shouldn't do it. I'm, 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 I'm for what everybody wants to do. For me, it's just... I just don't think I'm I'm gonna do it at this yeah. time. So, but I mean, I'm, I'm looking to see what happens. <laughs> Tell me, also, how you feel, man? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you sound like somebody um, rejecting somebody's job opportunity. I just don't think we're gonna be able to take you this time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you got you got some good qualities. Yeah. We like this about you, but we're gonna go a different direction. <laughs> uh, let me ask you about the. Uh, I don't know if you heard of the guy named King Randall, uh, young oh, man out of Albany, Georgia. Like you heard I about did. him, Tony? Wasn't he on um, someone's show, Roland Martin's show recently? The Do for Self. Roland Martin. Do yeah. for Self. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 21 year old black man from Georgia. He, he got into it, Roland Martin, because he came out and said, Do for Self. And then Roland Martin called him for special terms because of that. And, but the guy actually started his own school for, for young youth. And he bought his own school, but he's doing it out of his own pocket. He said, I'm not counting no politician to help me. He said, I figured I got to do something myself. And I, he, he reminded me a lot of you, Tony. I was like, wow, this guy, I'm trying to get him on the show. But uh, I thought that was interesting. And I want to ask you, do you think that's a good idea to get start your own school or go the route uh, you're doing and becoming an educator I, and make a difference I, I, that honestly, way? King, what's his name? King, King what? King Roland? King Randall. I honestly. King, I King Randall. King Randall. Um, I think that I think that it's incumbent upon us to not just talk talk about walk the walk, right? Mm-hmm. So he said do for self, but he didn't just mm-hmm. say it. he he literally is trying to do it. Uh, I cannot knock that. I fully believe that as long as you are trying to go after a better route, you should. So so when it comes to him, I I applaud the man. I hope it works out. I hope it works well. Now, for the route that I went, I don't knock my route either because I think, you know, I think it takes, I think as long as we can do for everyone mm-hmm. in terms of if we, because not all black kids are going to be able to go to that school, right? But there are certain black kids that I can reach that King Randall won't because he's at the school and mine aren't. Um, that being said, I'm doing for myself in this way. He's doing for himself in that way. Mm-hmm. I honestly think both ways are awesome. That's uh, a good point. And I, mm-hmm. I definitely applaud him because, like I said, the brother literally is doing for himself. He's not waiting on nobody. And I don't think you should wait on anyone. Um, I don't think you should. For example, the stimulus, I fully believe everyone needs a stimulus. I, I fully believe everyone should have gotten it, just like they did. But at the same time, I don't think you mm-hmm. you. I don't think you and your health can wait on the stimulus because we didn't know it was going to pass until it right. did. Right. Um, so in my humble opinion, do for self as much as you can and take anything else as an added benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just did. That's just pretty good. Just... I like that. Did you just come up with that? <laughs> that's... So, uh, uh, and by the way, those who are listening, uh, King Randall's Instagram is New Emerging King. That's at Instagram. So, I want to ask you, what do you think people are doing with those stimulus checks? Are you think of people? I mean, it's their choice, but you think a lot of politicians I mean, come out this stimulus check? We live in the average person. Fourteen hundred is only going to get you so far. Oh, 
Uh, let's just recognize that first and foremost. Um, so, I mean, take yeah. take with that what you will, but I don't think it's going to go as far as people would hope it to be, especially for a pandemic that's been over a year now. Yes. I know a lot of people are saying that uh, people are buying footlocker shoes like crazy and going to the mall and stuff. I mean, they still, you know, that's what they need to do, but I, I just thought that was interesting to see those lines out the door when Foot Locker opens up to get the latest pair of this exactly. or that. But like I said, it's people's choice. All right. Well, we're at that time to show before we wrap it up. We just want to play the game with you called Getting to Know You, where we ask you just a few questions so we can just get to know you a little better, if that's okay with you. All right. First question I have for you is, if you had to choose one, Ooh. would you choose Wakanda or well, Zamunda? It is as the late king has said, Wakanda forever. <laughs> okay, if you could do anything what you wanted to and wouldn't fail, what would you do? Become the first black president of the United States of America. Uh, you you know, said yeah. if I could do anything and not fail. Too late for that. Okay, okay. All right. Okay. Um, I personally once attended a, a a young men's seminar where I helped uh, young men learn how to uh, tie neckties, uh, prepare for job interviews, and how to treat women. What's something that you've done in your community that you feel Say, well, especially I'm proud about? Proud about? Um, yeah, something that you did that you you feel well, good in my about? Community specifically. In your community. Ooh. Man, there's a lot. I mean. I actually probably the thing that I'm I'm most proud of is that I always said I wanted to help people from a young age. Um, I always was infatuated with Black history from a young age. I was always infatuated with education from a young age, and I'm mm -hmm. proud that I was able to do that and build a community around on that around an Instagram um, by myself. So when you say what I'm proud of, I think that's what I'm going to lean on being able to do all of that by myself. I mean, my parents, even to okay. this day, they're like, Wonderful. what? <laughs> like, they, they, they're in disbelief um, because of how, how crazy <laughs> it is and how profitable it's been um, without me actually seeking profits. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Dave Spell. Ooh, um, Dave Spell. Come on, come on. Dave Spell. Dave Spell. The King. Come on now. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no! Come on now. Nope. Don't, don't you don't think Kevin Hart nope. is funnier than uh, Dave Chappelle? Kevin. No. Nope. Kevin's good, but he ain't no Dave Chappelle. <laughs> he is not Dave Chappelle. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, what 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 views have you changed since high school? Is there something that you were like when you were younger that you just firmly said, "I'll never believe that" or "I'll never do that"? Any either. views that I've any changed views that you changed on? Uh, that's a good question. I I don't know. Uh, well, I, I'll give you one for me. For example, I thought I'd never stop eating meat. But I now really know. I've done so That's much research question. on it, I think I, I might give up meat one day. Hello? Can you hear me? Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. So, what, it, have, do you have a bucket list? Yeah, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, views I've changed on. Yes, I can hear you now. 
I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that one. Um, well, who are three uh, people that you admire? Ayanna Presley. Did you say really admire? Malcolm X. Okay. Oh, this third one's she... hard. Mm-hmm. Ayanna Presley, Malcolm X. There's, there's just so many contenders. There's Ayanna Presley, Malcolm X, Corey Bush, um, Barack Obama. There's progressives that aren't black, like uh, uh, like uh, <laughs> like AOC. There's Ilhan Omar. There's people outside of politics. There's Will Smith. There's 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 a multitude of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a that's a lot for your top three. <laughs> go go ahead. Okay, so ahead. are you following the first one? Kind of two and a half. Are you following the NCAA tournament? Yeah. Do you hear me? Uh, are you following the NCAA Tony? tournament right now? Oh, he said you found the uh, NCAA, NCAA tournament. Uh, I'm be honest yeah. with you. I don't follow it. I yeah. Don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't. That's I, all right. I, I don't ask that question because right I was like, you know, my, my school is playing for the state. Team. Now I think about it. Oh, no. Oh, no. This this turned into a bad interview now, man, Ward. We got to stop this, man. We got to stop. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> can, no, I can hear you. I can't hear can, Trey. Can you hear him, uh, Tony? Can you hear Trey? I'll say. I was saying I I can't, I can't do you, anything Trey. else with this interview. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. He he was just he said he, he said <laughs> he, he's upset now. He says it's a bad interview because you don't follow this double A. Well let, let, let me go ahead and uh finish this up with this. Uh I just want to say that there's uh three uh points on growth that I want to mention before we end. And, and number one is there, there can't be any growth without change. So Number one, for example, we must learn to turn obstacles into opportunities. Heck, COVID gave the world a moment to slow down and look at ourselves and our goals. Number two, never allow our past mistakes to define who we are now. Make today the best day of your life. And if you don't think that's possible, try missing one day. And with that being said, keep in mind that when we're interested in something, we may not do our best because we're going to try to do what's easy or quick. But if we become committed to something, we will do whatever it takes to make that happen. So on behalf of Trey the Magnificent, Mr. Tony Eldon, and Wardy Ward, thank you guys for listening to What's Up Award. And again, yes, so Mr. Can Tony, can you tell them where Tony they can find Florida, you at on social media before we go? Um, on Instagram, you can find me at Tony for Florida. On Facebook, you can find my website at TonyForFlorida.com. Check it out. Uh, sign up to volunteer if you'd like. Even more importantly, donate, donate, donate. Um, or if you want to follow my business, it is at Black Thought, B-L-K dot Thought on Instagram. Uh, I'd love to engage with you. Uh, <laughs> and and shout oh, out that book man. for us one more time. Yes, uh, my book. It's on Amazon. <laughs> I'm going to be moving it, though. Uh, if you want to know where to find it, just go to at Black Thought dot com. Uh, at Black Thought, B-L-K. Um, it's called 50 black 50 inspiring black stories things you school will never teach us things school won't teach us are um, I'm, I'm... <laughs> been a long and, and it's almost been time too. it's been a long interview <laughs> okay 
All right. Well, thanks again, Tony, for dropping by, man. And we look forward to talking to you again. Have a good one. What Ward is wondering. Okay. So I always hear the word cancel culture. I have an idea what it meant, but I wasn't sure. So I went to Urban Dictionary, like most people do when they don't know something in the hood. And the definition, according to Urban Dictionary, is to dismiss something or someone or to reject an individual or an idea. Well, this kind of came to mind when I was thinking about uh, Gary Owen, the uh, comedian. Uh, he's known as the black people's favorite white comedian. And keep in mind, he likes to be called Gary Owen, not Gary Owens. You know how y'all do. He's an actor, screenwriter, and of course, a stand-up com- comedian. Uh, Gary, who has 18 years of marriage under his belt to Miss Kenya Duke. I wonder why she didn't take his last name. They're both about 45 years old. So basically, they were married... Uh, and they were about uh, 27 or sometime around 2003, I believe. Uh, their union brought about two sons and a daughter. And I think getting married between ages of 27 and 30 is a pretty good age because typically, in my opinion, that's when people are past the stage of wasting money, renting an apartment, maybe getting a start at home and getting started in your career. So I can see that was a good move for him at least. But here's the thing that made me want to share my POV on Gary Owen. He and Kenya decided to get a divorce recently, or allegedly, you know, I don't know, but that's what they're saying, because of infidelity. We know this is a common error where divorce is common and cheating ain't nothing new. But uh, what I'm reading here is that people are saying because Gary was white and Kenya is black, that he used her for his career. Uh, after all, the majority of shows he performs are for black audiences, right? We all know that. But I personally don't think that... Uh, that's what their relationship was about, or should it matter to me or you anyway? But yet and still, it's all over the news, so let's discuss it. I do, however, look at the facts. Kenya seems to have her stuff together, I ain't even gonna lie. She got her own business that maybe Gary fronted her to cash on that and she turned into something good, who knows? She served as a CEO of her own company called Premier Sports and Corporate Travel. Uh, her net worth is actually listed at $8.5 million, and Gary has a net worth listed as $3 million, so you do the math on that one. It amazes me that people actually are saying that Gary used used Kenya to progress his career because she's black. I find that amazing and ludicrous because you typically do not stay with someone for 18 years and have three kids because of your career. I think he'd have been funny on his own with or without her. He could have made it without her. Maybe he just genuinely liked her void of her color. One of my favorite books mentioned that God is not partial to a person's color as long as they're doing his will. So if it's good enough for God, why can't it be good enough for us? But no, I'm hearing that people need to uh, feel the urge to say, let's boycott this man and let his wife write a tell-all book so she can spill the tea on all the negative stuff he put her through for 18 years using her blackness to forward his career. Man, cancel culture just is not a joke. I don't know. It just, it just kind of bothers me that people think that. Let me give another case in point. Um, I read that Cedric Entertainer, I'm, I'm saying a case in point, we're going to uh, cancel culture, that is. Uh, Cedric Entertainer had commented something about Bill Cosby, and cancel culture jumped on him, too. This is basically what Cedric had said on his IG page. I think it was during Black History Month. He said, Bill Cosby did a lot for the culture and the community. The controversy of his situation is not what these posts are about. He was the first black man we saw on TV that truly was his own boss. I actually think it was James Brown. Um, no, no, I actually think it was... Um, Don Cornelius with uh, Soul Train, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, go back to the quote. He taught us to know our worth in business and showed us how to give back to our communities and institutions. 
He was and is prolific, funny, audacious, and his rules on darn near everything from the platforms he used. Thursday night became must-see TV because of him. Again, cancel culture is now trying to have Sid banned for his words. So my question is, do we have to all think the same way on everything? Is this a cognitive society where being monolithic or thinking is the only way to go? Or is that just passe? I just think people have a right to have their own views and say so, especially if they have all the facts. But canceling someone who's different from you or your thoughts is always a bad choice in my POV. Life is too short to be all up in somebody else's business. I'm just going to end this post by saying this. Judge a person not by what they do but when they do when they don't have to do it. And judge the true quality of a person is what they do when no one is looking. That's my story, and I'll stick it to it. I'm Ward.